0: In the summer of 1976, a student pilot flying a small plane left his home airport, disappeared from radar soon after, and then landed in an airport that should have taken him at least an hour longer to reach. But that's not the thing that makes this one of Mexico's greatest aviation mysteries. What is, is the chilling message he relayed to the control tower. This is the Mysteries of Latin America podcast, where we bring you the mysteries, myths, and legends of the Latin American cultures of North, Central, and South America, with your host, Andrew Colón. On June twenty-first, 1976, at 8.15 a.m., student pilot Rafael Pacheco Pérez took a Cessna 150 out on what was supposed to be a routine training flight from Mexico City to the nearby city of Chimalhuacan, in the neighboring state of Texcoco and back. The airplane was the property of the Escuela de Aviación Mexico, or Mexico Aviation School. His original plan was to fly over the city of Chimalhuacan, a town that's only 26 kilometers or 16 miles away, and then return to the airport in Mexico City. A training exercise of this nature would require a flight time of between 60 and 90 minutes. A few minutes after takeoff, however, the aircraft disappeared from radar at his home airfield in Mexico City. When there was no news after two hours from the Cessna, the school's director, Captain Miguel Batanero, ordered some of Pacheco's classmates and his instructors to take to the air in search of him, fearing an accident. At about 11.15 a.m., Captain Batanero received a long-distance call from Captain Ortiz Lara the school's chief of pilots, who was in Acapulco, with word that the Cessna had appeared on radar but in Acapulco, a journey that normally takes three hours in this type of aircraft, and that he was receiving landing instructions from the control tower. Now let's backtrack a little bit. It was at approximately 10.30 a.m. that Pacheco and his aircraft made contact with an air traffic control tower in the city of Acapulco when the tower also noticed that the aircraft on their radar was making unusual turns in the sky. At first, a controller by the last name of Villagran was handling the call on their frequency of 118.8 MHz. The pilot asked that they change over to another frequency to continue communicating, but the tower asked that they stay on the same frequency. The pilot insisted on changing saying that the message would be very long and didn't want to tie up the radio. So the controller assigned the frequency of 123.45 MHz. After hearing this exchange, senior controller Carlos de Creci Obermeyer took over communication on the new frequency with the plane. According to de Creci, the voice on the other end said that the plane's pilot was under hypnosis. And that the person speaking was from another planet, speaking through the pilot, and that they came in peace and that they did not want to hurt the pilot nor anyone else. They spoke for another 45 minutes. What did they talk about for 45 minutes? Controller de Crecci noticed that the pilot was speaking in an unusual tone of voice, monotone and almost robotic. The voice on the other end of the communication said that we, here on Earth, were an inferior species, that we weren't alone in the universe, and that there were other civilizations that were physically similar to us but much more advanced mentally. The being also said that a global catastrophe was at hand, as we were the only beings in the universe that had such a self-destructive mentality, while they were positive and believed in creating and that they had the power to annihilate all our modern devices and nuclear weapons in an instant. They also said they could make the aircraft invisible to our eyes and devices, and that in an instant, it could be as blue as the sky or as white as the clouds. De Crecci asked questions of the alien in English, Spanish, and German, and they were all answered satisfactorily, as they said that they could communicate in all languages. What follows is part of the exchange between Decreche and the aliens who were supposedly using student pilot Pacheco as a channel for their message. Instead of just reading a translation of the conversation because it was in Spanish, I'm going to play sections of the original radio conversation and I'll interpret them for the non-Spanish speakers out there. As this is a radio conversation from the 1970s, the sound can be pretty staticky. I've cleaned it up as best I could to hurt the message as little as possible. Here it is. The Acapulco air traffic controller asked the beings again if they were speaking through the pilot. That is correct, he is only speaking because we have ordered him to, which is to say it is his voice and he is speaking, but he is not speaking of his own volition. We are using him as if we were using a microphone. We are not very important, not where we are from or where we have been. It should suffice to say we are beings that belong to the same universe as you. Our planet is many light years away, but I will repeat this to avoid confusion. We are physically the same as you. I repeat, all races of the universe are physically the same. We want you to know that you are not alone in the universe, and there are other races we are keeping away from you, but we are watching you. And at that point, the message abruptly ended. Controller De Creci alerted Mexican authorities about Pilot Pacheco's strange behavior and he requested that all air traffic near Acapulco be grounded or rerouted while waiting for Pacheco and his Cessna to land. The student pilot didn't land immediately and instead he made a few laps around the Zona Diamante one of the newer and more luxurious hotel and residential areas in Acapulco at the time, and then was able to receive control tower instructions, and then landed without incident. Captain Ortiz contacted the flight school's director that something strange had happened to the student pilot, and that he had landed in Acapulco of all places, and that he had exhibited strange behavior in the air. The school director ordered a medical exam to be made immediately by Acapulco's aviation authorities. Rafael Pacheco Perez landed at 11.22 am and was immediately detained and taken to the airport's command center where Dr. Ernesto Vélez issued medical certification that Pacheco was found clinically in good health. And the pilot was reported as not being disoriented or experiencing any physical mental or emotional distress. He was nervous, which could be understood. The incident was then reported officially to authorities. An inspection of the Cessna reported that the plane had consumed very little fuel. It had almost all of its fuel left. Strange when a flight of that length would normally have consumed all of its fuel. After a flight covering about 235 nautical miles, Authorities reported that the aircraft used less than one-quarter tank of fuel. Officials from the Acapulco airport and the aviation school could never give a concrete answer as to how the airplane could have made it to Acapulco, as it didn't have enough fuel to make the flight, had no navigation charts, a plotter, or the correct flight plan. And Pacheco had only flown once on a route, and that was with an instructor to Leon, Guanajuato he'd never flown to Acapulco. Furthermore, at a cruising speed of an average of 82 knots, which works out to be about 94 miles per hour, there is no explainable way Pacheco and the Cessna could have gotten to Acapulco that quickly. But what did the young student pilot have to say in his statement to authorities? Rafael Pacheco said that at 8.35 a.m., He noticed that he was off course and that he tried to correct it, but the controls were stuck and ascending, and then the instrument dials started turning erratically. As he ascended, he entered a dense cloud and saw that he was between mountains. He tried calling the Mexico City Tower on one frequency and after getting no answer, changed over to another with mayday calls, but there was no response. When he finally climbed over the clouds, he noticed that the altimeter was the only instrument still working and saw that he had reached 10,000 feet. After that, he said he didn't remember anything else and only remembered feeling drowsy and wanting to fall asleep. The next thing he remembered was flying over open water, the Pacific Ocean. He was at about 7,000 feet and he couldn't understand how he'd gotten over water he made an emergency call, this time identifying himself correctly as student 82, and immediately was answered by the Acapulco Tower. They gave him instructions and he landed. Upon arrival, he saw another plane from the school, where Captain Ortiz was instructing another student on bimotored aircraft. Pacheco went to Ortiz and asked him how he could have made it to Acapulco. The captain looked at him and said, if you were in the plane and you don't know yo menos me neither he said he was then told the whole story of the conversation between himself and the tower which he said he didn't remember at all rafael pacheco perez was a 23 year old model student and according to flight school director captain batanero he had 53 hours of flight time and while he was a very serious student He had only the elementary understanding of aviation that his study and his hours would have given him, but he said he would never have taken Pacheco to be a liar. I can't say if this is true or not, he said. I am a total skeptic, but when it comes to being about Rafael and taking into account the conversations in English and German, it does make me think. It made him think. I don't know about you, friends, but it makes me wonder. How did a student pilot who had limited flight experience, relatively no navigational experience, fly a plane that didn't have the autonomy or adequate instruments to fly to Acapulco and didn't spend more than a quarter of its fuel? Something doesn't add up. Did student pilot Pacheco Perez experience some kind of psychotic break while making his practice flight? Or was he under the influence of extraterrestrials who used him to relay a message to the world. Mexican aeronautical authorities conducted an exhaustive investigation, during which Pacheco's flying credentials were suspended. The investigation was closed as inconclusive. Pacheco never touched the wheel of an airplane again. I'm Andrew Colon. Adios make sure to download and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're hearing it right now so that together we can dig deeper into the mysteries of Latin America.